Hi, and welcome to the Know the News podcast. My name is Rusty Turner, and I'm the editor of the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. And this podcast is brought to you by the newsroom of the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. As much as we'd all like to be done with this story, COVID-19 is back in the news this week, and it's back in a big way. Fueled by the Omicron variant, reports of new cases in Arkansas are shattering records in recent days as people scramble to get tests and mask requirements return in some places like schools and businesses. If there's any good news, it's that Omicron isn't putting people in the hospital at the same rate as its predecessor strains. We're going to talk about all of that today with our health reporter, Janelle Jessen, and about the latest updates on COVID-19 in the region. And she's going to tell us about another story that she's got coming this weekend that takes a look at COVID deaths in the region over the past year. Welcome, Janelle. Hey, Rusty. So let's talk first about those numbers. I know you track these numbers every week in Northwest Arkansas and the River Valley. They've really skyrocketed in recent days, haven't they? Yes, um, we have seen some shockingly high COVID-19 case numbers in Northwest Arkansas and the state, especially this week. Um, Last week it was ramping up and then this week it's gone to levels I've never seen. Uh, Yesterday, Benton and Washington County saw a combined 1,134 new cases, according to the Northwest Arkansas Council, which we would have probably considered a high number for the whole state just a couple weeks ago. And the state saw a record 7,787 cases, according to the Arkansas Department of Health. Uh, On Wednesday, the two-county area saw 1,035 new cases. And I think the state saw around 5,000 cases. And and just to be clear, the that increase is largely due to that to that Omicron variant, which apparently is far more easily transmissible than than its predecessors. Is that correct? Yes, that's what my sources are telling me. And um, I talked to Dr. Marty Sharkey, the public health information officer for the city of Fayetteville this morning, and and she said that uh, Omicron is definitely behind the surge, but we. We still also have Delta in play as well. Wow. Now let's talk a little bit about hospitalizations. They've been going up as well with these huge numbers, but they don't seem to be going up at the same rate as as they were with the Delta variant or other other strains earlier. Is that uh, is is that an indication that maybe the Omicron doesn't make people as sick as as these previous variants? Yes, and that's what uh, Dr. Sharkey this morning was saying. That's what health officials are seeing um, nationally and around the world, and that's what we're seeing in Northwest Arkansas. Um, Yesterday, Northwest Arkansas had 85 hospitalizations, which is higher than it's been, but it compared to the all-time high of 173 patients in August, it's it's not quite as bad. Um, Dr. Sharkey was saying that it's pretty much a numbers game. So even if only a small percentage of Omicron cases are hospitalized, if we get a huge surge of cases, then that small percentage could potentially be a large number of people. And she said health officials in other parts of the country are already seeing that phenomenon, um, especially in areas where it's problematic, uh, where the healthcare workforce is also getting sick at a high rate. And so far, she said that's not happening here yet, but the local healthcare system is bracing for that possibility. And and I know the answer to this question, but I'll ask it anyway. Uh, What's the vaccination status of most of those folks who are going in the hospital these days with uh, with COVID-19? 
Uh, 80 to 85% of them are not vaccinated. And experts, I guess, they're still contending the vaccinations remain the best defense against COVID-19. Is that correct? Uh, yes, especially against hospitalizations and um, deaths. Um, being fully vaccinated, I'm hearing, is a pretty good protection against that uh, with the Omicron variant. But what people really need to be fully protected against the Omicron variant is to have their booster shot. And right now, only about 15% of our Kansas have had their booster shot. Yeah, that seems that seems a little low. So the the booster is very helpful in 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 preventing Omicron. Is that is? Yes, that's what I'm hearing. The booster is really essential. It's what we need to put a stop to Omicron. Yeah. yeah. So um, let's talk a minute about CDC guidelines. There's a lot of confusion these days. They seem to be changing and changing rapidly, and it's it's kind of hard to tell what what the CDC expectations are these days. So so let's talk a little bit about that. What does the CDC say if somebody's positive uh, with with COVID-19 what, and they're not hospitalized? What do they need to know about uh, quarantining and that sort of thing? So it's my understanding that if you are positive, you need to isolate for five days and then you can wear a mask for the next five days for a total of 10 days, which is a change from I think the previous requirement was isolating for 10 days. Um, Dr. Sharkey was telling me this morning, it's really if you're able, it's still best to isolate for 10 days if you can. Yeah. And let's talk a bit about testing. Uh, Tests appear to be harder and harder to get. You know, I've, I've seen in a couple of retail stores where the, the at-home tests are often completely sold out and appointments are a little bit hard to come by. So what are you hearing from your sources about testing and the ability of, of folks to get a COVID-19 test? Well, I've I've heard the same thing and, and I've experienced that personally in my family that it's it can be a little hard to access the test. Um, that's another topic that I discussed with Dr. Sharkey this morning, and and she said that we should see an increase in testing ability early next week here in Northwest Arkansas. She said uh, UAMS Northwest has reopened a testing site to help with this problem, and that um, in addition, like 14 National Guardsmen are expected to be in Northwest Arkansas early next week to help with testing. They, there will be six at Washington Regional, six at Mercy, and four at Mana Clinics. And in addition, the first shipment of home tests the governor ordered has arrived in the state and should be getting out shortly. I'm familiar with the home tests, and they're 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 pretty simple. I know they're not considered as reliable as the as the healthcare tests. You can get your hands on one. They are pretty simple, and they are. They can they can be a uh, uh, can help you decide whether you need to go for one of those for the real test or not. Um, yes, it'd be it'd be nice to see some of those back in the area. Um, so let's talk a little bit about everybody's favorite topic when it comes to COVID prevention, and that's masks. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, recently the uh, 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 the um, the state's ban on mask mandates, the law that prevented school districts and other organizations from imposing mask mandates uh, was 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 once again struck down. So uh, so we're starting to see some school districts and some some colleges and some other organizations um, uh, put those mandates back in place. Um, You know, what can we what do we need to know about that about as far as those mask mandates go? Well, um, Dr. Joe Thompson with the Arkansas Center for Health Information held a press conference earlier this week about um, 
the increase in COVID in school districts. And he talked quite a bit about masks and mask mandates during that conference. And um, <clears throat> he said school districts have seen a fourfold increase in, in the districts that they designate in the red and purple and the highest rates of infection in the past week. And but what they're also seeing is the school districts that have mask mandates in place have a 25% reduction in infection over other districts. Um, so it does show that that masking does work. And he was encouraging as many organizations and school districts to require masks as possible. Mm -hmm. I know that Fayetteville and Farmington and a few others and uh, 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 the future school in Fort Smith uh, have all have all announced uh, uh, that students are going to need to students and faculty will need to wear masks. I'm sure there are there are others that I'm missing. Um, uh, but uh, I'm, it does appear that masks are going to be back uh, back with us for a little while, at least as this uh, as this goes on. Um, uh, it's interesting too. Dr. Thompson had some numbers that showed that there was some that there's a great debate often about the effectiveness of masks, and it seems like Dr. Thompson had some statistics that that backed up the the premise that that masks do help prevent the spread of COVID-19. Yes, it, it was good to see those numbers, especially locally here in Arkansas. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about your uh, story coming this weekend. You kind of took a took a, a, a ten thousand foot view of of COVID deaths in the region over the last year or so. When I say the region, uh, Benton and Washington counties in northwest Arkansas, Sebastian County in uh, in uh, the River Valley, because those are the places where the the healthcare centers are. Uh, the hospitals and and uh, and 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 long-term care facilities are so. Uh, talk to us a little bit about that. Tell us about your story and what you found out. Well, um, I, I kind of got the idea for my story last summer. I was calling the local coroners every week to get the number of COVID deaths, and they kept bringing up issues that they wish the public understood better. And I thought, you know, at the end of the year, it might be a good time to to kind of round up how many deaths have we seen in 2021 and also look at those issues that they want to educate the public on. Um, I talked to Benton County Coroner Daniel Oxford, Washington County Coroner uh, Roger Morris, Sebastian County Coroner Kenneth Hobbs, and Crawford County Coroner Pam Wells. Um, I learned that Benton, Washington, and Sebastian County saw a combined 1,103 deaths in 2021, and um, I'm still waiting for the numbers from Crawford County. They've had some computer problems there, but I should have those soon. And but I think um, Pam told me that they've only had a handful of deaths because they don't have any major hospitals there. Right. Um, these deaths are deaths that occurred in these counties. The Arkansas Department of Health keeps a different count of deaths of residents of the counties. So these coroners have told me that they see a lot of people come in from the rural surrounding areas for medical care at the major um, hospitals in Northwest Arkansas and Fort Smith um, that are then counted towards their totals. And, you know, I kind of expected those those percentages, you know, I, you know that there would be a lot of uh, high percentage of folks who who passed away in, say, Sebastian County um, uh, were, were from elsewhere. But I was surprised it was as high as it was um, uh, uh, in Sebastian County, non-residents who actually who actually died um, in Sebastian County. 
Yes, um, Coroner Kenneth Hobbs, he told me 60% of, of the deaths they've seen in Sebastian County have been from people outside of the county. Right. And there again, those, you know, that's tracked differently than the, than the, the, the totals the health department reports back, but they're, they're reporting residents, not, not where the deaths occurred. Correct. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, well, I thought that was interesting. I also thought, um, uh, another part of your story that was the most interesting part of your story was the coroner's talking about how they determine what is and what is not considered, um, uh, a, a, a COVID-19 related death. So can you talk a little bit about, about the guidelines they go by and the hoops they jump through to, to decide whether it goes on that list or, or, or not? Sure. Um, and, and I've heard a lot of rumors. Everyone says, well, I heard of someone who died in an accident and then it was right. counted towards a COVID death, even though they were asymptomatic. But um, what I found out from the coroners was in most cases, they they pick up the deceased person from a hospital or a nursing home. So they have plenty of documentation on the cause of death, but they do run into cases where people die at home. And that's when they really have to dig in and start investigating. Um, what they do, you know, if a family member tells the coroner the person died, had a respiratory virus or had respiratory symptoms or someone in the family tested positive for COVID-19, then the coroners will take and test the body for COVID. Um, but a positive test doesn't mean that's the, that's not the only thing that they look at to make a determination. They have to look at the whole picture, uh, whether or not the person was exhibiting symptoms, um, what other conditions that they may have had, like diabetes or cancer that may have led to the death or contributed to the death. And it, it can get pretty complicated. Um, everyone that I talk to, they they take it really, really seriously. They um, go to great lengths to do these investigations and um, make sure that they come back with the accurate answer. Well, it's, uh, um, you know, we learn a little bit more about this all the time and, and uh, it's, it's good to have some good to have some some people who are actually experienced in, in how these how these statistics are gathered and compiled talk to us about how it's done because I think you're right I think there's a lot of a, a lot of people assume or believe that uh, that uh, that you know uh, the numbers get get inflated uh, just because um, uh, just because somebody may have been around a person with COVID or or uh, they died of some other demonstrable cause, but if they were positive for COVID, that it gets counted anyway. So what you're telling us, though, is these coroners are are taking great care and following these guidelines closely, so that they're they're not misidentifying the cause of death on some of these folks. Yes, they they're being very conscientious. And um, Washington County Coroner uh, Kenneth Hobbs, he told me that even um, the state is also double checking and the state also has oversight so uh, even if they make a mistake it's likely to get bounced back to them by the state like hey this doesn't look right you need to look into it more and um, so they're being conscientious on their level and then they also have state oversight right so well janelle is there anything else we need to know anything else you've learned that uh, you think our, our listeners might need to know about uh, about COVID 19 this week um 
you know, I, the coroners, their, their message was don't think the pandemic is over. They want people to keep up with the precautions, keep wearing masks, keep washing their hands and getting vaccinated and doing what they need to do to stop the pandemic and, and reduce the number of deaths we're seeing. Okay. All right. Well, that, that sounds like a good plan. So uh, I want to thank uh, Janelle. I want to thank you for, uh, for your hard work on this and, Thank you for joining us today on the podcast. That's Janelle Jessen. She's our healthcare reporter. She's the one person who keeps track of of COVID nineteen and all the statistics and what's going and all the news related to that for our readers uh, of the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Thank you, Janelle. Well, thank you, Rusty, for having me. Be sure to check out Janelle's stories on COVID nineteen and COVID nineteen deaths over the last year in our weekend editions of the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. But we've got lots of other great content coming your way as well. Stacy Ryburn will tell us about how the Fayetteville Public Library got some love from a national newspaper in an editorial about the best libraries in the world. And Stacy will also explain in more detail a Fayetteville City proposal to loosen regulations to allow more accessory dwelling units in town. If you want to know what those are, you'll have to read the paper. Dave Perosic takes a deep dive into a new program in the Rogers Public Schools called the Kindergarten Transition Classroom. It's designed to help kids who are having trouble adjusting to going to school every day adapt more smoothly. Plans to connect the Bella Vista Bypass to the proposed Springdale Northern Bypass have been placed on an indefinite hold by the Arkansas Highway and Transportation Department. Ron Wood will tell us why. Mike Jones fills us in on the progress in developing a $3.9 million firefighter training facility in Bentonville. In the River Valley, Thomas Sassente will have the scoop on what's happening in the city of Huntington, which may have to declare bankruptcy because it can't make payments on a recently installed sewer system upgrade. He'll also tell us about the new Celebration Garden and Wellness Park at the Arkansas College of Health and Education in Fort Smith. Monica Brick will have a story coming about attempts by Next Step Homeless Services to construct a new facility on South U Street in Fort Smith. In the Northwest Arkansas Profile section this week, you'll have a chance to get reacquainted with Terry Trotter, the former Chief Operating Officer of the Walton Arts Center, who is returning to the region to take over the reins at the Jones Center for Families in Springdale. Becca Martin-Brown brings you that story. As always, we'll keep you up to date with what's going on with the Arkansas Razorbacks at wholehogsports.com and with your favorite high school um, sports teams at nwaonline.com. If you like this podcast, please subscribe on your device now. We're back every Friday with a new version. If you're a subscriber to the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette, thanks for supporting local journalism. Your loyalty allows us to keep telling these important stories that our community needs to know. If you're not a subscriber but would like to check out any of that great content, All you have to do is go to nwaonline.com and click on the subscribe button. Or you can call us at 479-684-5509. Again, that is 479-684-5509. You'll be glad you did. Until next week, this is Rusty Turner signing off for the Know the News podcast.